while we wait for our friends to come in, notice that you can shift your attention from looking outward. And it's wonderful to look at our Sangha, but that you can keep 90% of your attention on your own body, your own present moment experience. We really can. So that looking is the least of it. That you can give yourself the, the gift of being present to yourself with other people. Which is quite uncommon. So just give yourself a moment for that to settle. That see and experience that you can bring the attention to the body with your eyes open. And you can still have a soft gaze looking outward but maintaining presence to some degree. Maintaining presence on the body. Let yourself notice how it feels to be with yourself, with other people. Also, so uncommon. Because usually we fly out our eyes or we start performing. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's completely natural. And we want people to like us, or at least not think we're totally weird. So this, these systems develop to protect us and advance us. But notice that this is a space where we can be quiet together, that we can pay attention to our experience together. So I want, first of all, to acknowledge that no sooner did we get finished with Thanksgiving, but Hanukkah is here. Happy Hanukkah for those of you who celebrate Hanukkah. It's all happening so fast. And I love that Hanukkah, even for those of us who didn't grow up with celebrating it, 
is a reminder that even when you think you don't have enough, you don't possibly have enough, you can keep a light lit and not just keep it lit, something can spread, something can grow. We're more than enough. And first of all, this might sound like very bad news, but it's not as alarming as it sounds. I will explain. It turns out that enlightenment is, in the best sense, she adds, a destructive process. It's happening as we soften and open and awaken. Is that our defenses, our skillful behaviors, our systems, call them what you will, begin to become a bit more porous. Or they just kind of disappear. And you'll find yourself more and more frequently, in my experience, experiencing not our shiny, hard defenses, but that mushy, unnameable mix of feelings beneath. Now, the good news is I discovered when, for example, I told my daughter that I actually do feel an awful lot of vulnerability and anxiety. And it turned out that this was no surprise at all to her. No surprise. We begin to discover as we wake up in moments that we've only ever been fooling ourselves, I think. And what happens then? What is Tracy telling us that I'm a, a kind of hermit crab and I take off my shell and I'm this kind of mushy, vulnerable thing looking for another shell? No. I, what happens is I was thinking, I want to tell people an inspiring little story. And I was thinking of a story that Elizabeth Gilbert told of a bus driver in Manhattan. And he, he the bus was crowded and people were angry and sad. And there was probably that smell of wet wool that comes on wet days in the winter. And he said to them, when you get off the bus, I want you to drop your troubles, your concerns in the palm of my hand. Because this bus goes right past the Hudson River and I'll cast them into the Hudson. I said, Warming story. At each stop, he'd put his palm out and people would drop in their troubles and start smiling at each other and so on. And 
wonderful reminder of the goodness within. Only trouble was I couldn't think of a single example of my own. Not one. Until I completely let go of trying. And I just settled down with that feeling of basic vulnerability that I often feel before I come to this space because I want to offer something real, not just performance. And I began to realize that this bus driver, this benevolent, expansive being is in each of us, each of us. And we discover it not when we're being strong or things are going well, but exactly in those moments when we feel most vulnerable, most exposed. When we catch that moment, when we think, I'm not having the same kind of time of it that other people are having. Things are not going well. Or I don't know how they'll turn out. Or I don't know how I'll bear it. What if this goes on like this? Whatever we're carrying. Sometimes for the briefest moment in the midst of that very state, a presence, a witness, call it what you will, Something appears inside that is like grace. And we get a glimpse or a flicker of warmth. We can feel it in different ways. That we are not just what's happening to us. We're not just how things seem to be going. That somehow we're also in alignment with something higher or greater. It's hard to put it into words. There's something inside us that knows that we belong to a greater life. That there's a light, not just a light, but a capacity to participate in something that's beyond our pessimistic expectations, our story, our projection. And it comes to us not in some freakishly good state, but in the midst of the darkness of our despair, our unhappiness, our fear, bit 
tiny bit, we begin to experience what I call a softening. A softening. Not even something so strenuous as relaxing. But just for a moment, and then another moment, and then another moment, we begin to experience and finally at moments to trust. In situations like this, when we're alone with company, quiet with others, we begin to trust and we begin to practice capacity not to act in a different way or do this or do that, but to be present and discover that that capacity for presence is light, is light to see by, to guide us, to connect us, to a greater story, a greater life. So let's sit together for about 20, 25 minutes, and then we can have an exchange. So again and again, I say take a comfortable seat, but please really take this seriously. And notice how it feels to give yourself care, caring attention. Caring attention. And let yourself sit upright, as straight as you can. And Buddha called this a noble seat. You're granting yourself the treatment of your true human nobility. It's not putting on airs, it's making space for a deeper experience. And we let ourselves not know what's going to happen. We just let eyes close. And we let ourselves be upright and take up space. And we just let everything happen. Thoughts, feelings, sensations, impressions. Don't strive to change or alter anything. Just accept, allow, 
and just come back to the body, to sensation. Just rest in stillness. and see and sense that there is an energy in the body, that sensation is an energy. And this energy, this vibration is not separate from attention. And this attention is not thinking, but seeing, accepting, receiving with kindness. that you can begin again. Just come home to sensation and to a presence that sees. 
space without comment, with acceptance and care. See that no matter what feelings may appear, fear, confusion, whatever it is, it can be felt as a vibration, an energy in the body. Thinking, too, can be felt as vibration. And see that when you get lost, you can come home back to sensation, back to presence. Notice that it waits without comment. 
with kindness. You can be with your own fear or sorrow or anger with kindness. Let yourself see that there is a presence here that sees, that's vibrant. And also kind, loving.
everything happen. Let everything belong. Nothing is outside this presence that sees. yourself sentence that you are not alone, but accompanied by an awareness, a presence that sees you with great love.
thank you for your practice. And if you have observations or questions about practice, about presence, we would love to hear from you. And just please feel free to speak. You don't have to raise your hand. Tracy, I have a practice question about attention. And just a little briefly prefacing for historical context. Um, I was in the last row of a theater of a popular show, so I could see everyone in the theater. And while we're waiting, almost every person was on a phone. And I could see that they were on a, like an endless scrolling social media, just scrolling out ever reaching a destination. And very briefly, I felt a bit superior. <laughs> but then I realized we can scroll in other ways. Like, like we can go through life scrolling and scrolling, looking for something and never finding it. So what is the antidote to this kind of mindset? And how do we cultivate that kind of attention that you talk about so beautifully in, these, in the Sangha? Well, I do. I like what you said. Uh, there are all kinds of ways to scroll. <laughs> and just because you're not on a physical phone, you're still scrolling. Um, and second of all, this practice is the antidote, coming back to the body, coming back to present moment awareness is an antidote to going out. But I would also add, it. It, it's really important to remember that this practice includes everything. Everything is a rich opportunity to see. When you catch yourself scrolling, that impulse to be distracted, oh my God, I want to be distracted. There must be something I need to buy. There must or research. I must research something. Or and also that feeling of superiority of aha, I'm not like them. To notice that every single thing can be seen and not just tolerated. Like there I go again. But welcomed, like, oh, this is interesting to see how I don't just get taken. I want to be distracted. Interesting. And seeing, not so you can hurry up and assign a diagnosis and a cure, but seeing, I'm like this. It's like this now. Or I heard a beautiful new mantra, which I'm making my own right now. That whatever comes up in practice or the practice we call life, 
where you feel that edge of superiority or anxiety or whatever's coming up, the mantra is this, this belongs, this belongs, this belongs. Because more and more I'm convinced from my own practice that this is work of allowing and accepting ourselves. And as we do this with more and more sincerity and willingness to see, we begin to open and appear in a new way. And it's like the mushiness appears you know, under the shell. And as I was saying before, and maybe that's not an elegant uh, metaphor. It's not a metaphor. It is, in fact, a fact. We're quite mushy. Everything's all mush together. But as we make space for this to appear in my experience, at moments something extraordinary can happen. And it's this, it's like drum roll. But at moments we experience the energy of our panic or our fear or our distraction, and we're not hooked in to the story. We're not identified with what's happening to us. We are also the attention that sees. And it doesn't sound like much, but it's, it's extraordinary. So you can be in a crowded theater and notice all the stuff coming up, you know, anxiety. And um, he's got his mask, um, his nose over his mask and all the, uh, you know, everything. And the phones, why are they on their phones or in on Broadway for crying out loud? How much stimulation do they need? And you're watching all the judgments and and comments and feeling your the tensions and all the stuff that's happening in the spirit of this belongs this all belongs and what you're doing almost without noticing it is cultivating a capacity to be with everything that comes up with a kind of steadiness, or I won't even put words on it, I'll stop talking. Spaciousness. I said I would stop talking, I can't. <laughs> now I will. Peace comes not as we try to repress ourselves, but as we accept ourselves just like this.
does that help? Yes, very much. It's like shooting a whole bunch of arrows at the dark, but it's really one action of make your practice right there, right there. Accept that, that reaction. Let yourself see how we cling to stories. And um, it's like the holidays are such a rich time for that. It's dark and here they come. And, and it's like time rushing on and we're grasping at branches. To the, we're grasping at stories. And they're typically stories that are tinged with sorrow. A feeling I'm alone or I'm not where I wish to be or life itself seems so dark. And we have like a new variant that sounds like a James Bond villain. It's like, will this never end? something and or I'm getting older or I hate that whatever it is it's it, it can be observed as clinging to a story and what would it be like not to do anything as vigorous as let go, but just to be incredibly accepting, not even incredibly, forget I said that, just softening and accepting. You don't have to be incredible. And just be with that, I see that I'm having a story. I'm identified in this moment with a story about who I am or what will come. And I notice typically that that story has something to do with not having enough oil, so to speak. Just notice that. And notice that you can notice it with great softness or greater kindness. And 
at moments when you do that simple thing, you can feel yourself becoming more present. Really, you can feel your body again. Your body's here. You're not so worried about keeping the lamp lit. I can feel my body. And just for a moment, let you make space for the possibility that you could live your life responding to what happens. Just that. With kindness or freshness or creativity, but not constantly in a state of worry or story spinning about what's to come. Just making space. This is a practice for making space for a presence for the possibility that something unexpected may yet come. Because in truth, it always does. I'm not talking about a rescue by some Marvel comic character, but something about reality is always surprising, always fresh. We know this. I just want to add to what you're saying uh, by um, with the observation that it had recently that it's surprising in a completely different way to see the past in a new in a different light yes. uh, which um, changes the past and then obviously changes your sense of what the story is that you're generating about the past and about you know likely circumstances um, it's uh, um, Something that you've discussed before, I think, but that I think I've uh, experienced uh, recently with you know, myself. Yeah. yeah, that's powerful. And it's true. You, we can change the past because we begin to see with compassion, with wisdom and there's no rush no hurry and not giving and can't not so you know it's something that just happens mm -hmm. it's not prescriptive and i want to add something else about that and or the rest of it um Sometimes when you don't get what
what you want, you get everything. You get for a moment an opening to a life you could not have imagined. And I'm not talking about something far away, even uh, even doing this practice, coming to be part of our sangha, something that most people do. I mean, I'm not asking for a show of hands and or any kind of acknowledgement whatsoever. But has anybody here come to this practice because they were just so happy and their lives were so completely full and things were going so well that they just had to take time out to do this? I would gently venture to say that most people present themselves to something like practice because suffering has happened, unhappiness, confusion. It began with that. And when the Buddha, and in their versions of practice, in every tradition, and many, many stories, but with the perception of suffering that seemed inescapable. And, but it's so startling and also so heartening to realize that this is this awakening is real and it's happening here. This isn't just something we're doing during you know pandemic you know, to buy our time before we fly off somewhere. It's here. It's here. And it's in the midst of our own lives, past, present, and future, that this warming, accepting, loving attention appears and one moment at a time sets us free. And I wasn't can't putting words in your mouth. I just it's like my cup runneth over. It's it's possible for us to be free from suffering. Us. Not make-believe people, not just people around the Buddha, us. And it's possible from us to be free from suffering that we've carried all our lives. And it's possible for just a moment, think of it for a moment, 
to feel a little bit more ease, a little bit less embarrassed to be you. I speak for myself because life is just so awkward and embarrassing and, and let alone major suffering and pain. But what would it be like if you could feel just at moments a little bit more comfortable hanging out with others who are alone and being you? Um, there's a symbol, or not a symbol, in a menorah, there's a candle that lights another candle, and, and I know it has a name, and I can't Shamash. think Shamash. of it. Shamash. What if that, another way to think of it is that, that action of of opening to our experience with kindness and acceptance was that candle. So that whatever's coming up, and it can seem not just humble or ordinary, but maybe painful, but illuminated by the light of compassionate awareness. We see in it the basic goodness I mentioned, which is that we were doing the best we could. We were being human. Our, our intention under it all was something wholesome and good to a wish to be loved or accepted or what have you, protected. So what we seek to allow ourselves to experience in this practice is to open to that light. illuminates what it touches, whether it's something painful from the past or something right here. And that what we become as we practice is like that candle. We can be present with other people sometimes just for a moment. We can ourselves give them permission to be just as they are. And so on like that. And 
light up and what was dark. We, we think it takes striving. Oh, I must be better. I must speak better. I must do something else. But in fact, it takes letting be. Letting ourselves be. So why don't we let ourselves sit for just a few minutes more and just bask in the light of this presence and just, just let yourself be. And Notice how it feels that whatever you're carrying, you feel and say to yourself, this belongs, this belongs. And notice how it feels to have this touched by the light of an attention that completely accepts and cares about you. No words. Sentiments just seen with compassion. And notice again that there's an energy inside you, a life, an aliveness that's good. This too belongs. You belong. And Notice how it feels to put two hands in your heart space, making an offering of this practice, this aliveness, this radiance sometimes feels 
and we offer it to each other and to all of life with the wishes may you be completely safe all of us and all being safe and protected from inner and outer harm may all beings everywhere have enough light enough oil enough food medicine resources friends refuge May all beings everywhere, including ourselves, know how it feels to live with ease, to belong, to be treated with compassion and respect and love and may all beings everywhere without exception in all worlds especially now this suffering world may all beings everywhere be free Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your presence, for your attention, for your donations, your generosity in every way. May it re come back to you a thousandfold. And take good care of yourself. Please come sit with me at the virtual Rubin Museum, which will be Right at the same table tomorrow at 1 p.m. if you wish. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Take good care. Happy, happy Hanukkah.